Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome in, everybody, to Two Guys and a Mic. This is an extremely special show because, first and foremost, the coach, John Cohn, is not here, which means that we're we're not going to be talking about the geriatrics of the sports world. We're going to be stuff that's modern, you know, hip, the nowadays type stuff. And the real special reason is I'm not doing the show solo. I'm here with Brian Bauer to do the show with me, my former co-host on... Uh, on the morning break, when it was basically you, Coach, and me doing the revolving three-way circus. Never together three-way. Never. It was always two. It was a rare three-way if you ever saw the two of us. If it was, it's because we forgot our schedules. We just both showed up. Yeah, like I showed up on a Tuesday when I wasn't supposed to right. or whatever. Whatever. I know you had to have all Bears game, post-Bears games, you had to be in studio. I do know that. I, I, well, I, you know, you have your limited window of what you love, and that's when you jump on, and then you talk to Coach about college basketball, and then mm-hmm. high school basketball, and then high school soccer, and then you pull your ears out and your hair out and then you you know look you had a full head of hair before we started now look at us yeah and i definitely don't have a full head of hair now so david david olson doing the production over there so it's going to be brian bauer now brian am i supposed to call you the bad boy i i can't even remember i can't like i know i remember there was like a weird homoerotic thing he had with me at one point where it was the 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 boy toy the boy toy which i don't think he really knew what the definition was but he just kept calling me that and then came the bad boy, you know, Double B, Bauer, Brian, whatever, man. It's been a long time. I, I, I'm just going to call you Double B. I like that one the best. So, yeah, boy. This is Two Guys and a Mic, Joel Radwanski, Brian Bauer here on Two Guys and a Mic, 888-463-6748. We're always the home of Cub fans that want to talk Cub baseball. You want to do a little uh. crying off your, off your, uh, get that off your chest. By the way, if they play 500 ball the rest of the way. Yeah. They will match last season's record of 71 and 91. Well, they're 40 and 20 now. They're basically winning. What? 40 and 20? Was it? Oh, sorry, 20 and 40. <laughs> oh, 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 I was yeah. going to say they played the Twins this weekend. I didn't watch the game. Nah, like, not hey. a chance. They lost two <laughs> out of three, as always. So basically, like, if they lose two in a row, that's when I watch. I'm hoping that that's the third game. That's the one we're going to get the win in. It's kind of pathetic. Sadly, I mean, listen, you and I are both diehard fans. Diehard stars. The, the fact that I'm now watching just to see who gets traded. Like, I want Soriano to have the year of his life. I want Dempster to have the year of his life. I want Garza to have the year. Just so they can get traded, I can find out what the future of this team looks like. I, I, I absolutely feel the same way. And if there's any Cub fans out there that are extremely upset about this year, if, if, you, if, you, if you hear this and, and you get mad at me saying this, but I'm going to say this flat out, you shouldn't be upset. You should have been upset. Uh, on October 1st last year when you looked at the roster that was coming back and been like, we have to look at this in 2012, no Cub fan should be shocked or upset on June 11th that this team is horrible. Because if you didn't know it on October of 2011, you really didn't pay much attention to last year's team and, and what was coming back. So I, I have not been upset after any loss this season. I, and I truly mean that. As a Cub fan and where the organization is at, I am completely upset. If you get what I'm talking about, Brian, but right. this season has not irked me whatsoever. When I see him throw the ball over the infield, uh, uh, not hit, uh, relief pitching, that's absolutely brutal. Uh, I just shrug my shoulders. Well, they got rid of a couple relievers that could throw the ball, like Sean Marshall. So, I, like, I have not, I've been able to watch these games, and I haven't been able to watch recently because I've been working so much, thankfully. Right. 
But I have not been upset, Brian, at I, all by the I, loss. I am almost loss. at the point where I, I have forgotten baseball exists in the city. I'm obviously not a White Sox fan, and for all the White Sox fans in the city of Chicago who go nuts about that, listen, congratulations, your team's playing well. I really don't care. To me, they're the same as being like the Gary White Sox. Like, they just seem so out of sight, out of mind. Uh, but when it comes to the Cubs, like, I think my wife's happy. I, I gotta be honest, because now this is one of those summers where I'll be productive, because I, I won't be sitting inside watching the Cubs or being out in the pool, you know, listening mm-hmm. to the Cubs on radio, because honestly, it takes a couple of innings, and then I see something that just completely tees me off. I'm like, that's it! I'm done for the night. I, I, I will tell you, your wife, Teresa, very good little girl, is a lot smarter than I will give her credit for. Because the first thing I thought, oh, I'm going in with Brian, we're going out partying afterwards. That would've been nice. You know nice. what she does? She makes sure she shows up in studio. You're leaving with your wife at 10.58 today, my friend. Well, we actually made plans to do something else today. We were taking our nephew to the zoo. Like, he's a little five-year-old guy. Lincoln or, or Brookfield? Lincoln. Okay. So the, uh, like our, that was our plan for the day anyway. Because we, I had a bunch of rollover vacation days for my other job. I had a bunch of other stuff to do. So that was a plan. And then I talked to Coach last week, and he's like, hey, what are you doing next week? I'm like, well, Monday I'm off. I'm going to go to the zoo. He's like, you want to go in with Joel? I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, where are you going to be? And I forgot what his excuse was, but he obviously wasn't going to be here this week. So I'm like, ah, sweet, me and Joel back together again, reunited. I like it. Yeah, reunited. It does feel so good. It feels so good. Coach is uh, living up to his name, and he's running a camp this week, basketball camp. Oh, excellent. Excellent. I, got, I, I wonder if he's like, you know, he doesn't seem too disciplined. He does get a little upset whenever we lean towards uh, – like sexual jokes or dirty jokes. He can say whatever he wants. It's funny. He, right. he doesn't get mad. Right. But when we do it, he would get upset. I wonder how he would actually be as a coach. I have, I've been with the guy for eight, ten years. We've been with ten years. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. I honestly couldn't tell you if he's like the, hey, let's go get him, guys. Good effort's all we need. Or if he's like, hey, you got to execute. I can't tell the type of guy coach would be because some of, I actually met my high school coach. 20 years later, had two great conversations with him. He's the nicest, sweetest guy you ever want to meet. He rode me into the ground. I would get a 95 on my score for a game, and that 5% of the plays I didn't do well, three out of the 60, he'd hammer me for five days like I was a horrible football player. Is coach like that? Does he, like, grind his players like these girls? Are st- He's such a, like... Well, we know that politically he leans to the left. Uh, leans? Leans. Okay, so politically he's stationed to the left. The far, 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 far. He wears kumbaya. those chi t-shirts when yeah. he walks around. Yeah, the kumbaya, hand-holding, let's Oh, it's good to have you here. Left. I, I know, seriously. Do, 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 <laughs> okay, you know, I don't, I don't go right like you do. I, I'm more of, I just... I'm a centrist. I, I honestly, I, I don't believe in left or right. I find that people who go extremes are complete lunatics. That's usually where the problems are. Mm-hmm. I, I think there should be a centrist party for sane people in the middle who think that both sides are semi crazy yeah okay that's a better word than i was coming up with so (laughs) the the fact is like so my initial response was i could see coach being one of those hey good effort good job guys yes yes way to to try your best that's that's how i picture coach too that's how i and i've been wrong about many times on my judgments brian many many times i've been wrong on my first judgment on people right but however i talked to him friday i noticed he had coach voice you know that, that uh-huh. voice that like, <laughs> kind of like uh, you know, I, I'm trying to think of the best coach voice there is. 
Yeah, Bruce Weber with a lion eye, oh, like oh, Mitzi. Oh, my like, goodness. Hi, yes. Mr. Saturday. Hi, Brian. How you doing? Uh, so, so you're going to be able to come in on Monday, right? <laughs> so I, I honestly thought that maybe, just maybe, when he gets out there, he flips the switch. He goes all Bobby Knight on us. He's throwing chairs at five-year-olds, telling him to get some. Yes, you know, that's what on. I'm seeing. Box out. Box out. Come on, throw an elbow. What is this? No, no. And then after the game, it's like, good job. Good effort, boys. I'm proud I, I of you. Come on. Good job. Good effort. Like the little boy. And the oh. Miami Heat came. Think about it. that little boy in the Miami Heat was getting that is a lot. The greatest viral video. If you haven't seen it, pull it up on YouTube, it, man. It's awesome. After the Celtics, I'm sure everybody knows this if you're a sports fan listening to the yeah. show, but if you don't, after the Heat just lost game five, right. they're walking off the court, and there's a kid that is in the exit where the players are going from the court to the locker room, and he's this little boy, eight years old voice, yep. I would guess, up or not, up, up or down, maybe 10 at the most, whatever, is slamming on the glass, the plexiglass, yelling, good job, go get him. Good job, guys. Good effort. And LeBron James has looked like he got kicked in the teeth. He's like the damn kids, pretty much just slapping me right in the lower le- yeah. regions. Yeah, yeah. and, now, and, and like, he, <laughs> you can tell LeBron's like, this is people are going to see this. Everyone's seeing this. And uh, Kevin Albert's like, oh, the 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 fans aren't quiet here in Miami. Well, what's funny is all the fans were quiet except for this little That's, kid because you you catch him on every mic that was ever placed out there that day. And every single person, Joel Redwanski, excuse me, excuse me, I'm known as this year man now, only this year man. Sorry. This year, man included, was like the Celtics are going to win the series. And you know what? Now that soundbite is good job, good effort. Those that team's in the finals. You know, we I have to we have to tip our hat a little bit to the Heat. Okay, they got a lot of calls in this series, but they did. They were down three two. Everybody counted them out, and they played two incredible games, especially LBJ. Okay, he, and this in the game six was freaking ridiculous in Boston. You know, okay. a lot happened this weekend. Obviously, you had mm-hmm. a little bit of hockey. A little bit, yeah, and we're not going to pass up on hockey. We're puck boys over here. That's more my game than anything else that's out there right now. You know, basketball, you had obviously, you know, the the conference finals, which were great. Um, You know, but I I kind of attribute, I look at what the Heat did to basketball this last couple of years, and I look at some of the other sports that are out there, the boxing, which is dying horrible deaths, and we'll talk about that. Yes, yes. Horse racing, which to me, you you should put everybody out. Just put a. Brian Bauer has breaking rumors on the horse, on the Belmont Stakes. You got to stick tuned for these breaking rumors. Phenomenal. Okay. But but the fact is, the Heat are the bad guys, the villains that everybody's looking for in sports. You know that team that nobody wants to root for except for the people who live. But everybody watches them though. But everybody, like I, I am not basketball boy. I could care less about basketball. Probably about three quarters Mm -hmm. of the year. Glued to a set on Saturday night with another group of people watching it, just just kind of in awe, rooting on the Celtics. Who, by the way, three years ago I could have hated the Celtics yeah, too. I didn't just, care about them either. What's likeable about Kevin Garnett? Not, hey, not hey Kevin Garnett, you just won the world. I mean, you just won the world championship. You're an NBA champion. What do you have to say to the world on this Disney Channel? Here's the microphone. I'm effing did it. I'm effing effing champion. Effing mother. Effing yeah. effing champion. Effing mom. I effing did it. Mom's oh, proud. Kevin Garnett, what a, what, if that's your moment, it will never be replayed yeah. again in television history. Thank you very much. And then he threw out <laughs> the Adidas slogan, which he got wrong too. Like at the point, I think he said something like, uh. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it was, but it, I forgot what the Adidas slogan was. Uh, after, we never see it again because right. he swore too many times. So, well, you know. He, he swore and said the, said the thing wrong. And people were like, uh, well, did he mean this? Because what, what is he talking about? 888-888-463-6748. If you can tell me what Kev, tell us what Kevin Garnett said, the Adidas slogan, we'll give you a free kayak tour on the Chicago River. Oh, look at that. Waterriders.com. I'm look it up right now. Waterriders.com. Yeah, so, yeah, but MB, the NBA has turned this year 
Uh, you know what? Oklahoma City is a very likable team. It, it makes the story even better. You get these young kids who really don't have any bad background to them. You know, mm-hmm. what Westbrook has a great story if you ever looked at his bio and his background. But but still, it's people are watching this now. They're like, well, I'm going to just root for Oklahoma City because right. they're not the Heat. That's it's too bad that the NBA has turned into a hey, let's root for the guys that aren't the bad guys anymore. Right. And David Stern does not want that. No. Could you imagine if Oklahoma City's lineup had the same exact roster? Had the name Lakers or Knicks or Bulls across it. How popular this team would be? Seattle. Like the fact is, they used to be the Seattle SuperSonics. Like even if they were still Seattle. But the fact is, they're in Oklahoma, which has uh absolutely no professional teams. I love it. Yeah, well, their fan base deserves that they support that team. They've sold out every game since they moved. They are an awesome fan base. But what is that? The 40th largest market in America? Right. It's Oklahoma. So I'm not ripping them. By the way, once you get to 40, can you still say largest? (laughs) <laughs> it's like the least small market yeah. <laughs> in America. You're in Oklahoma. At the NBA right now, they're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Because like, Oklahoma City could be the Western Conference dominant team for the next 10 years and go to five NBA finals. It yeah, may, they really could go to five finals. It may not finals. be sexy. It may not sell a ton of jerseys because it's not that big a town. Mm-hmm. But to me, like you remember Sacramento back in the days of Vlade and, and, and Chris Webber, who Chris was the Weber. best player in basketball for the first 46 minutes of a game. Pages to Yakovich. I mean, first of all, it was a great flopping team or whatever it well, was. Remember Brad Miller when he used to hit jump shots? Exactly. That's when he had an elevation uh, of more than Bibby? two inches. Exactly. That was a team in a small market that had that fan base loving them, mm-hmm. sold out every single game. Now, the problem is after a while, that fan base just stops coming because nothing's good is happening there. But Oklahoma can kind of capture that, be that. Maybe have the college feel mm-hmm. in the majors. I love it. I, I think it's a great story. I hope that they kill them. Yeah, so hopefully for the NBA's sake, they can actually have a story that isn't based on hate. Like, everybody let's just hate to heat. And actually based on, hey, let's. there's some good teams. So like, the NBA so badly wanted the Bulls to go because the oh, Bulls absolutely. are probably one of the most respected and liked teams that were in the NBA. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Bulls fan. If they weren't that way, I'd be more than happy to be like, you know, they're not liked. Right. But people really generally like the Bulls because they're a hardworking team. They keep their mouth shut. They've stuck together. Right. You know, and, and they're based on draftees besides their worst player, Carlos Boozer, who they signed as a free agent. Which, by the way, I keep looking at Bosch and going, God, why couldn't we get him? I mean, honestly, I'd rather have him than Boozer any day of the week. Just so bad. The so the bad. boys' town in Miami is much larger. Oh, I know it is. Than in Chicago. Oh, that's true, too. So, yeah. Yeah. 888-463-6748. Enough with the basketball. Uh, we are going to talk some Manny Pacquiao because these stories are absolutely phenomenal because we have a lot of Asian friends. And yep. we're, we're going to get into that in a little bit. We're going to get into horse racing. Yep. One thing that I have complained on, I know you listen every day. You, you actually listen to the show live and you listen to the podcast, so you know how much I've complained. Well, I like it now live because I get to see the videos and I get to see the different fashions Coach pulls in here. Some of the loveliest T-shirts I've ever seen. Uh, I, 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 you, I, yes. this, Gray, this would be an upgrade to some of Coach's outfits. This, I'm this just is, saying. This is absolutely true. <laughs> you know how much I've complained about the fact since ESPN has not covered hockey, Disney has, hasn't covered hockey in about four years, maybe longer than that. Yeah. They don't cover it on ESPN anymore. Not really. They'll be like, oh, the blah, blah, blah. You know, so, uh, Sh- Shaquille O'Neal had a, a toenail. Uh, LeBron James uh, had 20 points last night. Oh, and by the way, make sure to catch these games tonight on, on uh, ESPN. Oh, and by the way, Barry Mellows, here's 30 seconds. Tell us what happened in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Right. Oh, thanks for the time. 
That's what they've turned into because it's basically just promoting all their sports. Well, sure, they lost the contract. The, the contract went to Versus, which is then became something else. Uh, NBC Sports Channel. NBC Sports Channel. So NBC, obviously, competitor of ABC. ABC owns Disney yeah, or uh, owned by Disney, mm-hmm. which owns ESPN. Blah, so blah, blah, ESPN blah, blah. does not promote hockey. Right. Um, it's, they don't even cover it. Which to me is a giant conflict of interest. How can you be a sports network and it doesn't show? And I, and, yeah. and when and when you watch ESPN, you literally watch Sports Center, and it turns into a promo for everything that is. Disney owned. Well, okay. I, I stop. First of all, I, which uh, is kind of as an aside, I used to work for the Disney company, especially mm-hmm. the ESPN, Disney Regional Entertainment. So I kind of know the background of that company a little bit better than some other people. And it's, yes. just, it's all about, you, you know, putting everything together and synchronizing this outlet with this outlet with commercials from this outlet to this outlet. So I've no longer watched Sports Center. I can't tell you the last time I sat in my house and watched sports. The fact is, every major sport now has their own channel. Yes. Golf channel, tennis, yes, hockey, exactly. baseball, football. So honestly, at the end of the night, if I'm looking for a highlight for something, I'm going to those individual channels. MLB Network, oh, NBA Network, absolutely. NHL Network, NFL Network, all of them. I go Not to all of those. Every single, like, uh-huh. and, and it was great about having my direct TV. They're all within a few pages of each other or channels of each other. So I'm really, I, I flip back and forth between all of them, find out the highlights I want. I cannot tell you the last time I sat through a full sports center. Uh, I have to look at well, it. Well, now it is here. right here. Yes. Actually looking here. At it, but. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. So uh, I just thought I brought that out there. So, you know, people don't realize, I hear, oh, nobody cares about the NHL anymore. Well, I tell you, people do care about the NHL anymore, but I swear that ES, the sports center has become so powerful in sports marketing that they have made hockey obsolete. Well, they're trying. If, if, if Disney buys the NHL contract next year, You'll get so much hockey, you won't even know what to do with oh, it. We're gonna be like, why is there so much hockey on Sports Center? That's you know, it's. But if you it, look at it, I mean, look at the markets that are in there now. You got the New Jersey, New York market, mm-hmm. and, and don't be fooled. There's a large number of New Yorkers who actually are Jersey Devil fans, mm-hmm. just because of the proximity of everything. And that's three there. championships, and oh. who's a more bandwagon city than New York? Oh, nobody. Yes. And you got Martin Brodeur. And, and there's a there's actually, I mean, if you look at that whole area, not only do you have the Jersey fans, but there's a large population of Pennsylvania that's right on the Jersey border mm-hmm. that are fans of them as well. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So people think that that Pennsylvania split into two between you know Philly and Pittsburgh. There's a middle area that's right by Jersey's border that's a huge fan of that as well. Uh-huh. So you got that whole region plus you've got L.A. You got two major and, markets. Oh, excuse me, did I say New York's the biggest bandwagon sports? Oh no, L.A. is all about it. <laughs> I mean, come on. But how, what better thing for hockey than to have L.A. Yes. and New Jersey, New York market in the finals together, and it's actually starting to turn into a really good final. That's exactly what I was getting to. Game six goes back to Los Angeles tonight. The Kings have a chance to clinch the Stanley Cup at home, and it's a must-win for them. Oh, absolutely. Because if they lose, I can't imagine them losing three games in a row and then winning the Stanley Cup in New Jersey in that game seven. Le- le- legitimately, I, the Stanley Cup is on the line tonight. And of course, if the if the Devils win, I'm watching Game Seven. And, but I I would say if the Devils win tonight, they would have like an 85 percent chance of winning Game Seven. Well, not they? only because they have momentum, but you look at Martin Brodeur, who's like in his 40s now, playing goal, but just like he was when he was in his how 20s is that possible? He, he's fantastic. The man just knows angles. He knows how to put himself in the right spot. He's what kills me is he's got a 20 year old son. So half his team is about the same age as his kid, yes. and he's playing in the in the NHL final. Then on the other side, you got Quick. I mean, you got this great goalie goalie matchup. Martin Brodeur could stand on his head tonight and force mm-hmm. a game seven. I, I don't think any goalie in my lifetime was ever better than Dominic Hasek was. I mean, I, I mean, the at, the top, at the top of his game. And as a Blackhawk fan, a little upset that we got rid of the Dominator, but we did keep Belfort. But for about, <laughs> for about three years, I don't think anybody played goalie better than Hasek played. No. Okay. 
Martin Brodeur is the greatest goalie of all time. Okay, I, I, I will, we can debate that. But he's right, in the window, yeah. Right now, Jonathan Quick is the way he's played goal over the last like two months of the season is almost as good as Hashik was. So you have the one of the top three goalies of all time, and honestly, a goalie in Jonathan Quick playing as well as any goalies that, top five goalies ever played at a current time. Well, you're looking at the old school, new school. I mean, if you look at it, you've got a couple of guys who are kind of at the end of their 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 rope. I mean. I don't think Brodeur retires, obviously, within the next couple of years. I, I think you win another Stanley Cup championship at the age of 40. They keep you around for at least another year or two. Even if it becomes like you no longer are the number one, but you're the number two guy, you're going to help us teach the young, number one guy. You know, Unless he just decides, hey, I've won enough. I'm I, out. I, I'll, the, I'll see you later. I can't imagine. If I had just won my fourth Stanley Cup, I don't think I'd want to come back as a, as a 40-year-old to be a backup. It's kind of hard I, to I say. I know where you're coming you're from. You're making $5 million. That. It's hard, hard to say any, say no to anything, to be honest with yeah, you. I mean, I gotta work every once a week. Yeah, I, I right. can do that. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm playing it, 25 games a season and then hopefully, you know, it, 20 in the playoffs. But again, yeah, like you said, I mean, you got enough cash to do whatever you want. You've been doing it forever. So, I mean, I, I look at, you know, he's kind of that old school world. You, you know, the guy up in Boston is retired, not, he's semi-retired. Yeah, he year. said he's just gonna take a year off and reconsider, which is actually kinda cool. Uh, I can't yeah, think but of he's that. 39 he, years old, though. He just won the Stanley Cup the year before. I can't, what's his name? Thomas. Yes, Tim Thomas. Yeah. Okay. And that's a decent way to retire. He basically like, you know, I want to take a year off and then decide if I want to stay retired or not. It's kind of like how it came out. Right. That's not a bad way to do it. So many people, I'm retiring. I'm, I'm you know, I want to retire, but, you know, sometimes it's actually a good idea to say, hey, I, I might possibly, you know, want to come back. So. Yeah, but I look at, I mean, so I look at Thomas and I look at, at, Brodeur is kind of like the last of the great old school goalies. Now you're looking at a new group. You know, you're looking at Quick. Uh, you're looking at the guy in in, in Phoenix. I want to say uh, Smith. Yes, yes. Uh, oh yeah, that guy Pic- was awesome. Picarine, I'm a huge Ooh, fan. Yeah, yeah, of his. yeah. He is. He's Schneider awesome. in Vancouver. One of these days, Vancouver is going to realize that they got to get rid of Luongo, and he's just a joke and needs to go. Yeah, look- Their backup Schneider, I think, is a great young goalie who needs to get a lot more game time than anybody else. I mean, the NHL's full of great young goalies that are out there. So that next generation is coming up, and I think Quick's going to be the one of the top five. Is is Roberto Luongo the goalie Luongo. that shrinks some, the most in the big moment? Think about how great that guy is Regular all season. year long. Regular season's phenomenal. And and, and you can't be like, just because you lose in the playoffs as a goalie does not mean you're a choke artist. P- please, because there's guys in front of you. You have to admit, though, the way Luongo has played has been, like, he will give up some of the dumbest and worst goals in playoff hockey history to lose games. Well, that's the thing. I won't ever blame a goalie for losing on a tip puck. Uh, or, or one time. Even or, one bad play. Well, yeah, yeah. I will, I'll never blame a goalie who gets knocked around in the net or gets blocked mm-hmm. out so he can't see where the puck is. Okay. Luongo will miss on kind of a 20-foot slap shot over his left shoulder, which everybody in the world saw, yeah. and his glove never comes up. It, it's just kind of like a, hey, look, puck's it. Oh, no, it's puck per- in net. Oh, hey, hey what's this all about? Hey, I don't know what happened to there. Uh, and it's not like once a series. Right. I mean, it'll happen every year, and it'll happen like in three times in one game, and then they lose in game seven. You're like, wow, he gave away two right. games in the And then he gets that series. glazed look in his eye. Like I swear, you can almost see the wheels of the hamster starting to turn in his head like, Oh my goodness, eh? This is the end of my career. I'm so bad, eh? And it just gets, it's a progressively worse slide. It's unbelievable. At home, 
the regular season, I'll put nobody mm-hmm. else against him. The guy is phenomenal. Something about the playoffs just makes him choke up. What we used to say is the old tightness in the sphincter area. Yes, you know, yes. Clenching a little too much. It's just horrible. Yeah. Yeah. R- Roberto Luongo uh, gets that. Obviously, Jonathan Quick and Martin Brodeur. Jonathan Quick. They don't, they don't have that whatsoever. So, uh, 7 p.m. tonight, pregame starts. I'm assuming the, they'll drop the puck around 7.35 or so because that pregame is at 7. Um, I'm going to be watching that game. I'm going to just chill out and do nothing today, Brian. The amount of work. I am not complaining, by the way. Anybody out there think that I'm complaining about basically working from when I wake up to when I go to bed? I am not. There's people out there that are listening to this program that are looking for a job. I am thankful that I got to work that much. Absolutely, this particular man. weekend. In this area, man, nowadays, I, I talk to people. I just talked to somebody recently, a teacher who lost her job. You know, it's, like, it's just weird. Like, you gotta just a be happy. A teacher who lost one. her job? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's not who, in the state, but. Uh, was she an elementary school teacher? Yeah. The uh, lower the grade, the hornier the girl. Hey, well, A now. <laughs> You're married. I know, so you don't have to worry about that. I, I'm basically, I'm basically married. But that's, anytime I hear elementary school teacher and a her, that's I automatically think all, that. All, all I know is, and just to touch on this a lot, and I know Coach would cringe the fact that we're even on this topic right now, which makes it we're not more... on elementary school teachers. We're just on the topic. Well, we could have been back in the day. No, when I was in school, Teresa's I... giving you a real dirty oh, look right I, now. I get that look twenty <laughs> times a day. I just say when I was in school, all the teachers were like 85 years old on death's door and looked about as worn as my shoe. All like, except for Mrs. Tigerson for me. Uh, no, I had all of them. Three years after I left, I went back. Ms. to was hot too. Yeah, my sister went to went the same school I did, so I went back and visited her. It's like a whole new crop of hot teachers came in. Like, well, and all these girls were getting arrested for whatever was hey, students. Hey, I'm hey, like, man, where I, was this when I was a kid? Uh, uh, I just want to ask. My grades would have been so much better. Uh, for for some reason, I, I definitely steer away. Coach brings up the Penn State scandal. I seriously, I try to stay away from that. There's a bunch I try to stay away from, but I I usually for some reason. The sick part of me, if I see it on on Yahoo, oh, woman teacher arrested for uh, molesting a a boy, whatever. Note the story always has this. After the relationship was terminated, well, yeah, the boy goes and tells on on the. It's always it's not during. He's a boy. It's not during. You don't. It's never like oh, recently this teacher has taken advantage of me. The story always is after it's broken up. The guy gets so upset, he then tells somebody, oh, I was molested by that teacher. Why is it after breakup? You know why? Because the boys were willing. Okay? Do, do you see my point that I'm getting at it? Listen, after the I- teacher moves on to another student, oh, and I'm so devastated. She took advantage of me. Sure she did. And no, no, she didn't. Like, no, 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 25-year-old women should not be having sex with 13-year-old no, boys. Agreed. I'm not saying it's okay. But consistently, that's the but pattern. But as a thirteen-year-old boy, I think I had that fantasy about three hundred times. So three hundred yeah. an hour. If you're a, as a thirteen-year-old boy, my goodness. <laughs> so that's look at that. Notice that in the stories, it's after the breakup. The boy was so distraught he couldn't, you know, uh, he couldn't fit in with the rest of his students. Of course he couldn't. Okay, he's actually never mind. I want to drop that subject right now. <laughs> Coach, I swear to God, yes. if he's listening, yeah, yeah, he's he freaking out. He would not be happy whatsoever. Right. Everybody gets the point out there. Okay. We are okay. going to talk bears later. Yeah. Talk bears later. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of Asian friends. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I'm dating a, a Chinese girl. Yeah, so I've, I, seen I, the, I've seen the picture. I, I'm going to need some advice because I got to. Now, do, do, do your. Sorry, does, she's behind me. I have to watch myself. <laughs> does your wife's parents, are they actually from China? Or Hong they, Kong. Okay, so they do. So they speak Cantonese. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, my girlfriend's parents speak. Nothing but Cantonese. They speak very little English. Introduce but, them to my girl's parents. But, but they do know a couple English uh, uh, 
quotes, which I absolutely love. Right. Okay. Here's food. Eat. Right. My favorite. <sighs> Here's to... more food. Eat right. more food. They know that. Then they just keep feeding me. So I, off air, I'm going to need a, a little bit of help. Okay. But the one thing I do know, I don't know that many Chinese people, but I know a lot of Filipino people. And one thing I know about Filipino people, they love them some Manny Pacquiao. Well, they do. And and this weekend was a Manny Pacquiao fight. And I, I honestly, I am on the river, and it's a Saturday night, and they asked me to work another tour. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'd rather make you know you know X amount of dollars than go spend X amount of dollars. I won't watch the right. Manny Pacquiao fight. If I would have known that Manny Pacquiao was going to lose in a controversial decision, there is no way I would have missed being at the largest Filipino bar in the city. I, I, quite honestly, I might people, my Filipino friends might be mad at me saying this, but it, it would have been pretty funny. I would love awesome to have to seen the yeah. anger in all those people's faces. Tell me what happened. A buddy of mine, Irv DeCastro, and I, we were talking on Friday. He's Filipino. Okay. Irv and I, we worked together. I, we were discussing some other stuff, and I said, you know, I have a bad feeling about this one. He's like, come on, man. And, and first of all, if you know any Filipino anywhere, this, this is their God. I mean, this guy. Oh, it's, it's beyond Michael Jordan. This guy, it's, it seriously he's a governor is. back in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. He's one of, he, he owns his own karaoke machine that he sells in the Have Philippines. Have you heard his voice? And he, he sells he sings, albums. He, it's unbelievable what this guy's done. I give him all the credit in the world. Unbelievable guy. Mm-hmm. So I say it, throwing it out there. I'm like, it's kind of due. I think he's going to lose. Uh-huh. What are you talking, pound for pound, the best boxer in the world, the, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that's not the point. The problem with boxing is this. It's dead as a sport. They have one guy and one guy only. It's Manny Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't have somebody to fight against, who cares? He's mm-hmm. gonna, they're going to keep bringing out bums. Manny's going to beat them. There's going to be no interest in the sports. Like, yay, the Filipino population will watch and applaud, mm-hmm. and the rest of America yawns because, great, Manny fought some bum. Who cares? Yes, yes. All right, and, and who's, the, who's the guy who won't fight him? Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Floyd Mayweather won't. So, I mean, for, first of all, for any sport to be in a situation where you have one star, you have no legit competition that's willing to fight, and the one legit competition is weak between the ears and won't do it, it just shows how bad the sport is. Uh-huh. And when your best division is the heavyweight division and it's two brothers who own the belts and they won't fight each other because they promised their mother they'd never fight each other, uh-huh. the sport is dead. The sport yes. is absolutely dead. You it, got That's why I watch the UFC, because that's a real sport. Mm-hmm. People fight each other in that sport. By the way, the, the, the heavyweight champion of the world, the greatest heavyweight boxer on the planet, plays middle linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. So absolutely. why watch? the sport right if you're 220 pounds and are athletic enough to be the world heavyweight champion right you're you're playing high school football because you know you're about to make millions of dollars playing strong side linebacker or defensive end or middle linebacker or tight end right or you're you're, you're really into fighting and that's what you grew up on and that's what you want to do you go into mixed martial arts because honestly there's more outlets as a youth to, Mm -hmm. to actually make a little bit of money going into it and it's more on TV than regular boxing will ever be again. It's not like when you and I were kids, there used to be CBS fights every weekend. Yeah, ABC had a fight ABC. on the wide world of sports would have at least one of their Saturday shows a month, just all boxing. The first you know? pay-per-view I ever saw was as a young kid. My uncles and my grandfather uh, got... Uh, what year? What year? What, oh, how old? I can't even remember. What, was it Was it Sugar Ray versus Roberto Duran? No. That Hol- was my first. Holmes Clooney was my first fight Oh, Holmes ever. Clooney? Yeah. The Great Holmes. White Hope? The Great White... Oh, that was Great White my, Joke. That, that was... That was that was like my second or third. That okay. was my first ever pay-per-view. I remember having a soda while my dad and my uncles drank beer, and that was the first fi- fight I ever saw in my life. I, 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 I was able to stay up later. Right. You know, we got to stay up later, right. and and uh, I remember my dad always going to beat up this uh, Cooney's going to win, blah, blah, yeah. all these reasons. 
And then next thing we know, Cooney just punches him right in the jimmy. Do you yep. remember that? Yeah, oh, I remember the fight. It was and the first Cooney, fight I ever seen. I remember Cooney, looking at my dad going, is that legal? And he's like, no. It's Cooney not. was kind of winning the fight. I remember it was kind of winning. Right. Yeah. Punches Holmes in the jimmy, and everybody's like, oh, man, he, how can the guy go on? They start the fight about a half hour later. Yeah. And then Jerry Cooney got beat up. They deserved I mean, it. You don't punch a man there. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. That's when boxing was boxing. I mean, uh-huh. there was, you had legitimate heavyweights. You had legitimate lightweights. You had, like, the divisions had tons of talent. Now it's one guy. So, let's, first of all, let's say this. Bradley somehow broke his foot. Tim uh, Bradley Jr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, congratulations for continuing to fight with a broken foot. I mean, that's got to be a bear. You have to dance around on a broken foot for for a whole fight. I think he did it in like the second or third round. I can't even remember when it happened. How do you break your foot in a fight? I, they said it was stomped on. They said, I, I don't buy it. I mean, how weak is your foot bone that you're breaking it? Yeah, in a fight. Yeah, I don't get that. Whatever. So, then he comes back, and if you watched it, and you saw the replays, if you saw any of it, you saw... Yes, there was good back and forth, but clearly everybody there saw that Pacquiao had advantage. Okay, so it goes so, to, for twelve rounds. For twelve think? rounds, then it goes to the judges, and somehow the judges did not see what everybody in the arena saw, what all the sideline people had seen. Uh-huh. I mean, everybody who talked about the fight, like, well, yeah, Pacquiao had this fight, and, and I'll, I give Bradley okay. all the credit in the world. The guy looked like he was in the fight. It's not like he was just like. You know, I'll throw a punch, run around for a circle. No, the guy was actually throwing punches. But <clears throat> Pacquiao loses. Now, my my theory behind it is because the first thing I always go to is, well, why? You know, why would yes, you do yeah, this? Yes, why? Like, That's what's good, the yeah. point of this? I mean, your biggest stud just lost. Well, now you've set up a rematch, which, by the way, they're already talking about for November. Yes, they are. Immediately. Right. Immediately the rematch So now, now you have a reason for the rest of America to watch this fight. Be like, oh, this is a great rematch. Pacquiao has to come back and win his fight because there's nothing else going on in the sport. It's dead from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. It is. No, I don't know, David. David, are you a, you a boxing fan? No, not at all. Have you, you watched any other fights other than a Pacquiao I, fight I in the last couple of years? No interest in boxing whatsoever. There's a, when I watch when I watch a boxing match, like on Friday night fights. If I like if I am watching baseball on Friday night and right. there's a commercial in the game, I will change. Oh, ESPN has Friday night fights. I'll be watching for like a minute and two. I'm like these guys have not even swung a punch. It's right. the most boring sport. Oh, it's the beautiful sport. I can't get into it whatsoever. I, I need mixed martial arts now. That's the only well, fights I can and watch. And that's the thing. It's the only legit fights out there now. Because honestly, you have one. First of all, you don't have like regular boxing has what? Uh, 14 different organizations. The IPA, the BBA, the blah, blah, blah. All blah, I know is when I grew up, it was WBC, WBA, and IBF. Okay, but now there's like five other ones. At least. Okay. So now you have, first of all, you have different organizations that run it. You have promoters for each fighter, which control... You know where they go and where they fight uh-huh. and who they fight and when that happens. Then there's always the shady part of boxing, like stuff that we saw with the Pacquiao fight and other fights where it's like the mysterious punch mm-hmm. guy doesn't get hit, he somehow goes down. Mixed martial arts, there's one organization. There's the UFC. They bought out Pride. Yeah, they there's, out there's more, but they always buy them. Yeah, as soon as you yeah. get big enough, good, we like you. We're going to buy you now and make you guys our minor league system. <laughs> Speaking of that, I, I know somebody that was trying to start a minor league fights uh League. Oh, I know a bunch of guys who are doing minor league fights. Oh, I'm still uh, there. Are still okay. talks about that. Okay. Well, my my thought was always you can't go up against them. What you try to do is you start a regional organization that fights, let's say Illinois, Indiana, whatever, and it becomes a breeding ground for young fighters mm-hmm. in this area because there's a lot of talent in this area. Then and you build that up and yeah, maybe yeah, I, I was a bouncer at a bar. There is a lot of guys that can fight in this area. Let me promise yeah, you that much. I bounce for years. Trust me. I, <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Two fights a week, fifty-two yeah, weeks done. a year. <laughs> Lord knows I learned my skill. Yeah. But I'm just, and if like, they ask me, 
if they ask me what, what what was your talent were you kung fu i'm like no 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 bar you know so. <laughs> yeah don't you love people like man you could really fight no actually i really can't fight that guy drank about a bottle of jack daniels i really don't know how to fight whatsoever when the guy telegraphs a punch from back to his ears it's coming yeah. you I'm gonna freaking punch you right. okay thank you you jab him in the face and drag him out the bar yeah so <laughs> But but I, I mean I absolutely love the sport. I, I love it because one, it's not just one skill. It, it's grappling, it's fighting, it's it's boxing. I've seen so much so that some guys now are actually reverting back to old karate and taekwondo. Steven Seagal is training some guys. Have you seen this? I mean, it's just yeah, uh, Steven Seagal though. He's I, I would I could not take him seriously. No, ever. Will, ever. Go on YouTube and and Google. Machida Seagal, Yoda Machida, uh-huh. is being trained by Steven Seagal. And some of the stuff he's training him on, I'm like, that's like karate from 1978. I'm like, Why does Yoda Machida have to be trained by Steven Seagal? He's one of the greatest fighters and most technical fighters what? ever. Seagal has trained him, and he's won ever since Seagal has been there. Not like he wouldn't have won without him, but still, it's What's fun. it going to teach him, the stare? Well, the crane kick that he did, he's done a crane kick in an actual fight. <laughs> like, that's the up and down kick. Right, right. Mm-hmm. right. It's just some of the weirdest things. But I mean, at least with, with UFC and MMA, it seems more legit to me. It's two guys enter a ring and nobody's faking anything because you're getting the living hell beat mm-hmm. out of you. I watch boxing now and I always watch it with kind of like that, oh, Jesus, they're yeah, still these guys dance this. around for a while. Yeah, I'm like, and they lean on each other. Okay, now you have to go down. Sweet science, my rear. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's lost all its, and I think if you look at the numbers, other than the Pacquiao pay-per-views, what else is making money off of that? I mean, and you had this huge Filipino organization, a group of people who live in this area who all love it, and they'll buy the pay-per-views. Yes, yes. So, and I guess apparently the Latinos have adopted Pacquiao as well, so they're huge fans of it. Now you take that away. Let's say he doesn't win this next fight. Let's say he gets beaten by Bradley. Where's your fan base? Who's watching? Yeah, what now? are they going to do if Pacquiao loses the rematch? Right. So what's going to happen is no matter what happens in the rematch, Tim Bradley could dominate if he doesn't right. knock him out. Pacquiao's winning the rematch. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, I mean, to me, boxing and a little bit of horse racing, too, it's gotten to the point where it's so fake and so convoluted, I can't get into it anymore. I don't respect it anymore as a sport. Okay, ding, 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 ding. Uh, breaking rumors. Breaking well, rumors. I don't know if it's so breaking. I mean, I heard this last week, Thursday, on a couple of different outlets. Oh. And I heard it from a couple of guys who are big into horse racing at Arlington okay. Park, too. Now, uh, uh, where is this transition in from? Boxing, you have to worry about it being fake. No, oh, it's uh, well, horse, horse racing. racing we've known for years has been, you know, juiced horses. It's, and... Especially if you're at those the smaller staked races. Right. I mean, it's really easy for a couple jockeys to work out some stuff. Right. Next well, thing you know, okay. Or, so... or a jockey fails to really push his horse or, the, you know, there are little things about horse racing that can be done. My, my brother knows a guy working at a stable. Okay. He will call my brother every once in a while and say, bet on this horse. If He's one hundred percent. Now I know that's probably illegal, but if your brother can give me a call, that'd be fantastic. Um. So anyway, one hundred percent. And it's not. And what? Because the best way I can tell you is when it was the conversation was brought up. Somebody asked, "Oh, is it because they know that the horse is so awesome?" And the guy just smelled. No, it had nothing to do with how good the horse right. was. Okay, exactly. that's that's what happens. But that's okay. what I'm saying. I mean, that's not a sport anymore. It's like betting on dogs. Like, really... but, hey, WWE, <laughs> I'm taking Dick the Bruiser. Right. Oh, that's it's a real smart. Oh, I mean, bet. Just unbelievable. Like so. Anyway, the rumor is uh, this is what I've heard. I, I've kind of gone online trying to see if there's any confirmation of it. I talked to one buddy I know who works at Arlington. He's but a... you have to admit, everybody will grab conspiracy whenever oh, there's a absolutely. chance nowadays. Whether it's politics, horse racing, boxing, or maybe even baseball or football. Right. So the theory, definitely basketball. So the theory was I'll have another was injured somewhere along the way. 
Man. You transport a – that could happen. It, it, could. it really could happen. It could happen. And you know what? There, there's a lot of abuse on these horses, too, as far as, like, pushing them and, and you, the Put, size of yeah. the bodies and how fast they're running. It Put them happen. in a trailer and drive them 700 miles twice in two weeks. Right. Or, I mean, you, you take a regular runner and you train. Sometimes you, tw- you twist an ankle, something happens, whatever. I get it. It's, it's 100% possible that the theory that they gave us was actually correct. And that's why the horse didn't race in the final leg of the Triple Crown. The theory I got was – the horse didn't pass its juice test. It, it, it came up positive for steroids. Horse racing as an organization doesn't want another black eye because Lord knows that they've been punched so much they're loopy. They have no idea what's going on anymore. So they told people up front, well, you know what? Here's what we're going to say. You injured yourself. You're not going to race. You know, you guys can take your horse, put him to stud, make all the money you want, and we're not going to say a word. We're just going to say you had an ankle problem or whatever the pra- play, whatever the thing may be. Uh, you know, so I'll have another. Might have nothing to do with uh, winning a race. I'll, I'll have, have another, another shot right yeah. in this area. I'll have another you know, combination of this, this, and this. I'll have another. I, you know, I really do think that the the, the suspicions around I'll have another happened when Rafael Palmero started giving him uh, vitamin B injections. <laughs> right when that happened, people they became suspicious. Rocky. Okay. <laughs> seven oh excuse me, I almost said a wrong phone. I almost what, came out my it, home phone number over there. What would that be again? Seven seven three. It's uh, nine seven six Tart T A R T. Okay, uh eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. You know, in, in this world, yeah, I don't know how many conspiracy theories are right. Sometimes I There's do a think ton of them. I, I don't think I'm not going to just say I'll have another hey, was juicing. Okay, I, I really am. I'm not just going to. I'm going to have to have a little bit more confirmation on that. Right. Well, yeah. And how are you ever going to get confirmation? It's a, it's one of those things where an organization just says, okay, that's enough. We got to hide this okay. because this is like, like here's the thing with horse racing. They really only have three major events a year. Mm-hmm. You know, they're always pushing for that triple crown winner. You, every, it seems like every three four years you have another possibility of triple crown. Just because they also need to build so much momentum mm-hmm. for their sport. Because honestly, like when was the last time you went to the horse to the track? The, it was a uh, Mother's Day, probably like three. My mom loves we, horse racing. We did Father's okay. Day because Teresa's father and mine are are big gamblers. And, <laughs> so, and, <laughs> and and Teresa's dad, I'm sure, is a real young buck and is the next generation of horse bed uh, horse racing fans, oh, yeah, right? Young bucks, seventy something. Yeah, is that, that, that's the, my old that's man, sixty something. Yeah, that's the generation that still has. They're also the generation that still, still pay attention again. to boxing. You know, it's like so. It's it's this old group of people that. It's a sport that I, I can't see keeping go- going. I mean, it'll be there for gambling purposes. But, That's it. Yeah. But, I mean, how much TV time do they really get other than the, the syndicated straight-line cable people who are watching it just for gambling? Or people OTVs. watching it over their – nor people are watching horse racing on a, compu- horse racing on a computer than yeah. on a television right now or at the track. Well, the people who watch it on TV are the ones who've got that, that dedicated channel to it mm-hmm. because they've got OTV bets placed all over the country. Yeah, and, my yeah. brother who no. – my, my brother – well, seriously, he can touch this newspaper and you'd look at it and the price will go from seven. Seventy-five cents to a buck fifty. <laughs> that's that's on my brother. I, if anybody needs to make money, just hang out with my brother for like Price, a half hour. A little nest egg said, "Hey, work no, on this." It's the exact opposite. Okay, who has all the fun? Who has all the adventures? That's me. Who makes all the money in life? My brother. It's un- my brother can bump into somebody in a car accident. Totally his fault. The person will come out crying. I'm so sorry. Let me write you a check for it. My brother's like, "Oh yeah, you're right." You're right. Actually, this check isn't big enough. Okay, and they'll write, and then they'll just. And my brother will drive away, and be like, "I made another thousand bucks today. Good for him." I, I, I'm not. I'm not. It's not luck. It's hard work for my brother. It really is. But right. it, it's just funny how we have the dichotomy. One guy has nothing, and the other guy has everything. That's kind of like how my brother. Out. Yeah, it all evens out.
It, but, yeah, he doesn't have this, though. Well, see, that's what I'm talking about. I'd rather have that's the money, it. though. I yeah, honestly well, would rather have the money. Uh, money only goes so long. I, you know, that's, that's all I'm saying. I, my theory of life is make enough money to have fun. You know, and you, I'll continue to make money. That's why I work Monday through Friday, and that's why I have a second job. I do PA for a minor league soccer team and, out and, in Wheaton. And, and by the way, did you say just make enough money to have fun? Yeah. Teresa gave you the 21st dirty look of the day. That's okay. Again, this is why my back <laughs> is turned. All the looks can come. Yeah. And I may feel them in this general area in the back of the head. I feel the hairs coming up on the back of the neck. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter until I get in the car with her later. So it's all right. Are you driving? Uh, yeah. Okay, then she can't beat you as much. Well, she doesn't have to. Okay. Yeah, the looks are deaf enough. <laughs> 888-463-6748. So uh, forget conspiracy. Okay, right. I'm not gonna, I ain't going to talk any more conspiracy. Uh, we talked about the Cubs, about how the fact that this year, if you're a diehard Cub fan, I, like you're not watching the games as much. I, I still watch as many as I can if I'm not working. Well, here, here, I work in an office setting, so I won't lie to you. The day games are usually on the GameCast oh, you <laughs> in the corner of the computer. Yes. It's fantastic. If you haven't seen this, go to Cubs.com. It, right in the corner, like right on the actual score, if you click on it, it says GameCast. It's a it's a beautiful thing. You get a, When you're working anyway and you got a bunch of stuff going on, I have two screens at my work. So like I'll be working on one, and the other one will have the GameCast so I can kind of pay attention to what's going on. But at home, I cannot tell you the last time I sat in front of the TV and actually sat through a full nine innings. I w- like, the last time I was home in the Cub games were on. I have no problem. If I am not working, the, I, I actually still feel joy watching the Chicago I, Cubs, no matter how no good or joy. how bad they are. I look at them, and, and here's what I look at. I see the diamond, and I see the position players. And in my head, I only see the position players that should still be here three two, years from I agree. Now. I, I agree. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I look at it, and I see Samarja. I see Castro, who's probably going to be moved to third base. I see Clevenger, who I really like, by the way. I think and, Clevenger and, should get a lot more t- I time. I couldn't agree Why more. Why Coy like Hill that. ever gets a game, I don't know. I, I would ride Clevenger like the town mule. Just ride him till he dies. Put him in there every day, yeah. and that's it. So I look at Clevenger. I look at Castro. I, you might even keep Barney, but I look at our minor league system, and you got some guys coming up mm-hmm. who can play second base, shortstop. So Barney becomes more of a utility guy. And Campana is an off-the-bench fourth uh, outfielder. Fifth or fourth outfielder. Right, exactly, yes. because you get that beautiful speed. If you have to have him come in and, and take over running the base for somebody, that's awesome. If you need him to play a game, he's got great speed. He can he can patrol the center field. I'm the, fine with that. Tech, if, if the Cubs... If Tony Campana is a fifth outfielder and the Cubs are a world championship contender in three years, if he learns how to play defense in the outfield, he could be the perfect player. Like if they have like a Javier Baez, the guy that is just crushing the ball all over the minor leagues. Okay. This guy they know can't field whatsoever. I could care less. I will have no problem with the Cubs with a guy with no glove that's going to hit 320 with 35 home runs a year driving 110. We had him with Sammy Sosa. Yeah, well, there you go. And then <laughs> what ends up happening is in the eighth inning, Javier Baez rockets a single to center. The Cubs have the lead. Javier Baez goes on the bench. Tony Campana pinch runs for him. Pinch steals him. second, steals third, goes out and plays some defense. But the problem is he can't catch the ball. Well, so what? He's like having Carl Lewis out in center field. <laughs> he's the worst defensive. He's the worst defensive outfielder. Well, he's the shortest uh, defensive outfielder too. Uh, but it's a, <laughs> his guy, little legs have to pump twice as hard to get to a location. But I don't care. Okay, the guy takes the direct line. I just I don't think I've ever seen a outfielder underutilize his God-given ability as Tony Campana. Especially, has. you would think a guy that small who needs to do everything right to yes. stay in the in the majors. You're like, exactly right. Like I, that's the one part that kind of bothers me. Yeah, you hit for average. You're like a 300 hitter. You've got unbelievable speed. You steal bases like it's the easiest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with all that. 
But you would think somewhere along the line, double A, single A, Iowa, Tennessee, somebody would have said, hey, Tony, come here. You're small. You're never going to be a power hitter. If you want to make it to the bigs, you're going to have to learn to play center field and be the Mm -hmm. best outfielder on the team. I I agree. And you have a weak arm, so you got to be even better. You'll triple hop it to the shortstop who's sitting all the way halfway out in the outfield anyway. Learn to play outfield. And and nobody's done that to him. Or Ahab doesn't listen. Yeah. And every time he pops up, Every time he pops up, and which happens way too much, I immediately think of Wesley Snipes and Willie Mays Hayes in, uh, from Major League. He should just, uh, from next time, Drop right down, the ball, give me 10. Just throw the bat down right in the middle of the game, do some push-ups. If that happened, that would make my 2012 season. See awesome. Tony Campana do some push-ups right going down to first base. I'm all for that. Except too much muscle might slow him down. I'm not, sure, I'm not so sure. <laughs> Excellent point. Excellent point. Now, uh, when I was talking Cubs, the real reason I, I wanted to talk to you is because you know, some people I can talk bears with, and, right? And uh, you know, I I can just talk bears with because I'm just talking bears. We do that for an hour a day, easy. Talking bears with you is is a really good thing. I love talking Chicago Bear football with you. Now, I don't know if we're going to even do we do a show about once a year, right? Once a year, if we're so. lucky. Now, <laughs> I honestly, truly, in my heart, think this has been the best off season the Bears have had. I don't know, since 2001, before the 2001 season when they added just unbelievable amounts of talent. That's when, uh, like, remember when Mark Hatley was doing an unreal job that year and then all of a sudden he got fired? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like, well, I'm then Angelo comes 2000. in, I'm like, what, what, what did, Hatley finally had a good offseason and then they give him the axe? 2001, what, what Remember that they, they brought that? it. Okay, uh, for the draft, I don't really remember that. Oh, no, I do. It was David Terrell was the number one pick. So just stop, stop, stop. Let me, hear me out. Okay, hear me yeah. out. This was after right. Hatley had had a couple great drafts, including a guy by the name of Earl Acker. Right. Okay. Well, in in the 2001 year, he brings in Keith Drayler. Right. Uh, Washington. Perfect guys for that system. Uh uh, Blake Brockenmeyer, Brock Blakenmeyer, whatever the heck his name was, to play left tackle. <laughs> yes. He just signed all these massive yeah, linemen yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. not like giving Mushin Muhammad money to. He brought in Ruben Brown, I think, at that point. Or yeah, 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 yeah. You know, two, that was yeah. two years later. He brought two in Ruben later. Brown. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, no, no, that Hatley didn't. Hatley Angelo did. brought Angelo in. Did. Okay. So like, and it was, I was just amazed. And then all of a sudden, Hatley gets axed, and they bring in Jerry Angelo, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Didn't make any sense. Ten years later, we're like, wow, did we really, did we have Angelo for ten years? If you think ten about years. and uh, where did Hatley go? Green Bay. Right. And what, what did they Green do? Bay do? Now they have the best drafting team in all of NFL. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mark Hatley, I do believe, has passed away though, didn't he? Yeah. If he did not die, I'm really, really sorry. Well, I don't think he's, he was never president of that system, but he was up there. The, like, he was up. like the director of their scouting. Right, exactly. And, and exactly. So uh, this year for the Chicago Bears, when was the last time you had, I mean, honestly, from the Bears going, Improving so much without being on the field as they did this off season. I've never seen them that aggressive for a top line guy. Mm-hmm. Usually, what they're aggressive for is a guy who's a little bit past his prime. Remember the Brian Cox pickups and the that was know. like ninety nine. That was that was a Hatley move, I do believe. Right, that was I mean, Hatley. it's always a guy. No, who's no, it wasn't. That was because Wanstead was still there. That was not a Hatley move. No. That was the guy before Hatley. Which I can't, it was once that he Wonset. was the GM. Once that was your GM. Uh-huh. Usually that's what they were going for. It was a guy who's just kind of a, a couple of seasons past 
the elite status. And they know they can, instead of paying eight mil, they can right. get it for four mil. I mean, to be aggressive enough to look at Brandon Marshall and say, okay, he's going to have some problems, but this is the legit number one we've wanted. Mm-hmm. I haven't been this excited since the day we got Cutler. To be brutally honest. Yes, yeah, that's a good. When, that's when a we good. got Cutler, that was the first time in my Bears history that I said, "Oh my God, we really got an elite at the position." Mm-hmm. You know, because normally it's always been, "Well, we'll bring from within. We'll get an old guy who's past his prime. You know, we'll try to kind of make a great defense and put everything together." Mm-hmm. You know, this was the first time I said, "Okay, my God, you you brought in a guy like Brandon Marshall. Uh, you actually solidified the wide receiver position more, bringing in some more guys like Weems and, and some more guys in the background to kind of just yeah, the, the, the Weems on the special better. teams. I don't think people realize how good Eric Weems is as a return guy. Losing Johnny Knox too. I mean, you, have, you need to get that. I don't care what anybody says; he's not playing this year. I mean, uh, he's already come out. And, and, and Johnny Knox, they will not miss him. Zero oh. at receiver. He is one of the worst receivers right. that I he can't run a route. He doesn't have good hands, decent hands. But on the returns, they're going to miss Johnny. Right. Johnny Knox. Uh, I, I think the biggest additions in this offseason, obviously Brandon Marshall for two third round that's, picks. That's number one. That's, 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 that's the greatest part of the whole thing. Uh, the Bears, what they've lacked, the two biggest weaknesses I thought last year besides a number one receiver were this, and one is blatantly obvious. Okay, uh, the first one uh, just throw it out there. The, as good as Matt Forte is, and I do believe Matt Forte is a top ten running back Absolutely. in the NFL. He is not a good short yardage back. No, they go out and got one of the top. Three short yardage backs in the NFL. And if Michael you don't think Bush, short yardage yeah. backs are important, I'm third and two. If you got a bulldozer that can get it, whatever you will, guess what? Jay Cutler can do a little play action. Right. Touchdowns on third and two. Do you know what passing the ball? And you just got tall Michael wide Bush. receivers in Elshon Jeffries on one side, Brandon Marshall mm-hmm. on the other, and you still, you know, you look at the rest of that team. Now you have so many options. They're talking about integrating the tight end again more, mm-hmm. you know. You have enough guys there that play action pass makes sense. And when you yeah. have Michael Bush on the field third and two, you can run the ball. Matt Forte, everybody's like, they can't run the ball. Right. They're throwing a short pass because Matt Forte can't grind it out. Matt Forte can break it for 80 yards. He can right. catch the ball on the screen. He's a great back. He's good on, I'd rather have him on the field third and eight than third and one. Right. And if you look at Michael Bush, honestly, last year he played a lot because the starting running back in Oakland was hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, so he got what, 900 yards? I mean, so here's a guy who's Easily. a, he's a big, Fat. I mean, I'm, he's fat. He's uh-huh. fat for a running base. Like they list him at like 240. He's like 260 legitimately. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad loves him because of that. My dad has a weird affinity for fat running backs. <laughs> Those guys are. When it's, I don't think people realize how important third and two is to convert. It's huge. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and after a while, those guys pounding on those middle linebackers yes. gets them to cringe a little bit. It's like mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to put my head in there because this guy's going to hit me again. You know, it's a reverse reverse mm-hmm. of the linebackers who hit running backs enough times. It becomes one of those. Oh man, I'm going to go for his ankles uh-huh. and, and then form tech. Goes out the window, and all of a sudden these guys are breaking big yardage off of those third and two, third and one plays, and they're gaining huge yards off of it. So I love it. I thought that was a huge pickup uh-huh. that was under. And then you look at the backup quarterback position. That was the second part. Thank you. Go ahead. That that was definitely. And I'm going to contradict myself on the uh, statement after this. I'm glad if, you got a plan. If, if, <laughs> I'm going to contradict if, myself. <laughs> the last six games of the year. Yeah. If Jason Campbell was a starting quarterback of the Bears instead of Caleb Haney, Absolutely. they would have made the playoffs. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, 100%. They, they were they were 1-5. and five. Their only win was the last game of the year against the Vikings. They lost the first five he started. And Matt Forte wouldn't get hurt because the, the Kansas City Chiefs had 27 guys in the box when Matt Forte got the ball and his knee blown out on right. that play. If you remember... Derek Johnson went unblocked because the the tight end they brought over from the the Steelers Spath um, Spath yeah was running and be like I have four linebackers to block yeah. he picked the I wrong take? one right. Derek Johnson cuts Matt Forte's knees out they would not have they wouldn't have went one and five with with uh, Jason Campbell Jason now they have a legitimate backup quarterback 
just in case Cutler gets hurt. Right. And here's my second thing I'm going to say. Jay Cutler will contend for the NFL's MVP in 2012. I, I just said that, everybody. I mean this. Dave, I will say it again. I will say it many times throughout the course of this year, so you don't have to worry about carting this up. Jay Cutler will be one of the top ten players in the NFL this season. Pass rushers, corners, quarterbacks, running backs. We know quarterback gets the most recognition over those extremely important positions I just told you. Right. People will be talking about Jay Cutler as he will be better than Stafford. Okay. He might not be as good as Aaron Rodgers, but he will be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this season. I'm guaranteeing it. I just, I can feel it in my bones. He's about to have that breakout year like we've never seen a Chicago Bear quarterback ever have this season. I have a friend down in Florida. He's on the Gulf Coast. Hates Jay Cutler. He's a Chicago Bear guy. Fan. Bear he's, fan? Yeah, he's a Bear okay. fan. Hates Jay Cutler. And I, and I tell him, like, he is the greatest quarterback the Bears have ever had. So we started this argument a while Not ago. Not over Luckman yet. Oh, he's there. He's coming up quick. But, you know, so we started going over the stats. And if you ever go to profootballreference.com, look at Chicago Bears all-time quarterbacks. He's already, like, number seven. He's been here three years. Do you, do you know who the – okay, Luckman is the all-time leading passer for yardage in the history of the Chicago Bears. Right. Okay. Uh, David, real quick, I hate to put you on the spot. Guess how many yards Sid Luckman has. Just give me roughly the thousand. You don't have to give me exactly. But how many thousand yards did Sid Luckman, the all-time leading passer in Chicago Bears history, have? Like 12,000. Very good guess. Nicely done. Very good guess. It's 14,000. Okay, he's still the all-time leading passer in Bears history. Throw this out there. The all-time leading rusher in Bears history is Walter Payton. He has 16,726 yards. It is more than 2,000 than what Sid Luckman has. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at it, if you look at the yardage right now, Cutler is the seventh most. He has the highest passing rating of any of the Bears ever. Yes, ever. yes. So because my buddy kept pulling all the, oh, Jim McMahon, if he stayed healthy, I'm like, no. <laughs> look at the numbers as they are. Uh-huh. It's wrong. <laughs> the best quarterback ever will be Jay Cutler when it's all said and done. Yes. He has the best weapons of any Bears quarterback right now. Right now with Brandon Marshall. Right now, and say what you I, want, a I, lot the, of people the, who don't like Devin Hester, I love the concept of him being the slot back that now they, they have to kind of pay attention to because you've got these other wide receivers that are getting double teams. I, I like the idea of creating. We, we're going to have to go. I like yeah. the idea of creating opportunities for Hester. Well, I want to make sure he's the kick returner first. on every single thing. Yeah, and then, hey, let's take advantage of his, let's utilize the skills. Not, hey, hey uh, we have a Hester package and sometimes he'll kick. Kick return, not not good. No, put him in on third downs. I'm good with that. David Olson, you did a phenomenal job today. We want to thank you very much. Everybody out there and two guys in the mic land, thank you for listening. Brian Bauer, thank you for coming in. Thank Give you. me a This you, is sir. Joel Radwanski, the coach. will be back next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Two guys in the mic.